plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Good morning. This is Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, the Cowboys beat reporter for the paper. And it is a pleasure to join the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Cowboys. And let me tell you, I hope this becomes a must-listen to every day. I will be bringing in audio from the locker room, as well as my opinions and thoughts. So thank you for joining us. If you feel Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Drew Davison, D-R-E-W-D-A-V-I-S-O-N, or via email, ddavison at star-telegram.com. I want your feedback. I want your questions. I want your hot, hot sports opinions, and we will discuss those on the podcast. And to start off this show, the first one, I figure, let's do the three main talking points right now. First, Tony Romo. Second, Dak Prescott. And number three, who the heck is going to get to the quarterback on defense? We will address the Cowboys' pass rush later on. But first off, you have got to start with Tony Romo. The Cowboys need to make a decision on whether or not to put Tony Romo on the short-term injured reserve. If they do that, Tony cannot come back until November 6th. That is more than the 8-10 to 10 week timeline that the Cowboys projected his compression fracture in the lower back to be. So there is a very big debate right now within the Cowboys headquarters whether or not to put Tony Romo on short-term IR. Let's run through the positives and negatives real quick. Why would you put Tony Romo on short-term IR? Number one, it opens up a spot on the 53-man roster. Now, granted, if Tony is on the 53-man and they do not put him on IR, they will have him inactive for the first six, seven games at least. So it's not really a matter of having the roster spot on game day, but it does give him more flexibility to add another player on the 53-man roster. That is the number one reason to put him on IR. And I think the short second or let's call it 1B, is you do not want to rush Tony Romo back. We saw what happened last year when Tony tries to come back quick, quicker than he probably should. And by putting him on IR early on, it would kind of force the Cowboys' hand not to bring him back, not to push him back, and in theory keep him healthy for the longer haul. So there are some solid reasons to keep him on IR, or excuse me, to put him on IR. Right now he's on the 53-man roster, so why would you do that? Well, because the eight-week timetable, if you go from when he first injured his back against Seattle in the preseason, the eight-week time mark is October 20th. If you put him on IR, he cannot come back until November 6th. 
there could be potentially one, possibly two games there without Tony Romo. So, depending, and, and of course, you don't know how Dak Prescott's going to do. So, depending on what your feeling is, you do not want to possibly risk missing Tony Romo for a game that he would be ready and healthy for, especially in this division, when the Giants and Redskins and Cowboys all figure to be right in that mix of one or two games in the NFC East. And we're going to finish up the Tony Romo talk, but first, let me remind you, check out the other Locked On podcast. We got Locked On Giants with Art Stapleton. That is a must-listen to, especially with the season opener coming up Sunday. If you want to know what's going on with the Giants and what they're doing, prepare for the Cowboys. Listen to Locked On Giants with Art Stapleton. And actually, me and Art are going to have a podcast here in the next few days where we kind of break down the season opener. And I also can't recommend Locked On Fantasy NFL if you want to know whether or not to start Dak Prescott. If you want to know whether or not Des Bryant is worth starting as the number one receiver with Dak thrown to him, you have got to check it out. So look at all the Locked On Podcasts, they are all great, but specifically look at the Giants and the fantasy ones coming up. But to finish the Tony Romo discussion, put him on IR or not to put him on IR. The Cowboys could have a decision today. At some point today, on Tuesday, September 6th, they could make this call. But it is a very tricky call. Like I said, If you put him on IR, he can't come back until November 6th. If they opt to keep him off IR, obviously you lose the roster spot, and then it becomes a question of is one game worth it or not. And in my mind, yes, it is. As I said, this division could be decided by one game when it's all said and done. And you would much rather have... Tony Romo healthy and available for every single game you're in rather than not. I I do not think it is worth risking Tony Romo missing more games than possibly necessary, even though there is that injury risk, whether that is worthwhile or not. So long story short, what do the Cowboys do? I think they keep him off IR. I, I think at the end of the day, Stephen Jones and Jason Garrett know how precious one game is. So I don't think the Cowboys will put Tony Romo on IR. And if they do, I think it's purely from a medical standpoint, hey, let's not push Tony Romo back too soon. Because the roster spot argument, I don't think justifies keeping arguably... Uh, your best player out. I mean, this is a team that went 1-11 with backup quarterbacks last year. So you cannot bank on Dak Prescott, you know, picking up that much slack right now, before the season, before he's even taking a regular season set. But that is an easy transition into topic number two, which is Dak Prescott, the rookie sensation out of Mississippi State. And let me tell you, the Cowboys feel like they've hit a home run with Dak Prescott. He's a guy they saw at the Senior Bowl. The Cowboys coaching staff worked the Senior Bowl, but not on the team that Dak was on. But they met with him for about an hour on the last day of the Senior Bowl, really came away impressed, and then, of course, the next day, Dak goes out and is named the game's most valuable player. 
of course, a couple months later, Dak Prescott gets a DUI, which, you know, probably cost him some draft slots and, you know, was clearly a blemish going into the draft. But with that being said, the Cowboys feel like they've found a gem in Dak Prescott. His preseason numbers don't lie. He needs to carry this over to the regular season, of course. But there is something about Dak Prescott that you have to like, you have to admire. I mean, this is a guy who turned Mississippi State relevant in the SEC. A program that does not have one pro football Hall of Famer, and Dak Prescott gets it relevant in the toughest division in football. And Dan Mullen deserves a lot of credit, but two-thirds of the battle in college football, in my mind, is on the quarterback, and Dak Prescott raised Mississippi State to a level uh, they hadn't seen in recent years, and arguably they're the glory years of the program to date. There's just something about Dak Prescott where he kind of lifts all boats. And that's intriguing if you're the Cowboys because, you know, you're hesitant using a rookie quarterback just because of the inexperience, but there's something about Dak and kind of he's not looked at to be a savior a la, you know, Blake Bortles in Jacksonville or Jared Goff in Los Angeles. He is looked at, you know, to just kind of come in and be a game manager. Just don't mess it up. You got Jason Witten as your security blanket. You got Des Bryant, who's poised to have a bounce back here. You got the best offensive line in football. You got Ezekiel Elliott to hand the ball off to you 20, 25 times a game. Just don't mess it up. And I think Dak knows that. And I think he understands kind of where he is as a quarterback and what his abilities are. I don't think he's going to try and do too much. Will there be growing pains? Of course. But I really think Dak Prescott has the potential to keep the Cowboys afloat without Romo early on this season. And I've been asked dozens of times in other radio interviews, could Dak Prescott, Wally Pip, Tony Romo? One, it's way too early. But let me say this. If Dak Prescott goes out there and is 6-2, and two, it's hard not to ride the hot hand. The Cowboys are still in the business of winning football games. They're in the business of trying to get to the playoffs and trying to get to the Super Bowl. And if Dak Prescott gives them the best chance to win games and the offense is clicking with him, it would be very hard to turn away. With that being said, it's well known how much Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and the Cowboys front office loves loves Tony Romo. Him and Jason Garrett are best friends. Yes, it will be very hard for them to turn away from Tony Romo. But, I'll go back to this again. The Cowboys want to win football games. And if Dak Prescott is winning football games, that might make their decision easy, as hard as it is. If that makes any sense. Now, at the end of the day, I don't think Dak is good. Just looking at the schedule, I don't think he's going to get off to that hot, hot of a start. And, and with that being said, I don't know if Tony Romo and the Cowboys would be 8-0 if he was healthy. But, you know, I think they're just going to try and tread water, make sure they stay in the hunt. And then 
they can make that call from there. But I'll tell you what, it would be a great, great situation if the Cowboys have to decide between Dak Prescott or Tony Romo. Because that would mean Dak Prescott has shown enough to be the Cowboys' starting quarterback. And they trust him enough to make a playoff push. So, uh, a lot of quarterback talk, of course, going into the year, particularly with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys and Tony Romo's health and what they do with him IR, uh, not IR-wise. But enough offense talk. Let's move on to my final point, my third point. And again, on these podcasts, I will bring you you know three or four hot takes and some sound from the locker room and kind of cover whatever the hot news of the day is. And again, reach out to me on Twitter, at Drew Davison. Send me an email, ddavison at star-telegram.com. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what's on your mind, and I will address it right here on this podcast. Like I said, I want to be here for you every morning, hopefully on your drive. You know, Hopefully I'm entertaining enough and informative enough where you justify turning on that dial and tuning in every day on Locked On Cowboys with Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. But point number three, the number one storyline in the offseason, the number one storyline going into the draft, the number one storyline going into training camp, who the heck is going to rush the passer for the Dallas Cowboys? This is a Cowboys team that had 31 sacks last year, one of the worst in the NFL. This is a Dallas Cowboys team that had 28 sacks in 2014, again, among the worst in the NFL. Last year, they felt they hit a home run by signing Greg Hardy. They felt they hit a home run by drafting Randy Gregory 60th overall. Greg Hardy got off to a good start, faltered, clubhouse cancer, ain't in the NFL right now. Randy Gregory flashed a little bit in the preseason, got injured, finished his rookie season without a sack, and now... As I'm sure most Cowboys fans know, he's in a marijuana treatment facility. He may not play. It doesn't sound like he uh, will play this season. He could, but right now uh, there is no guarantee that Randy Gregory would play. So what do the Cowboys do? Everyone thought, hey, Joey Bosa is going to be high on their board. Hey, they could make a splash in free agency, maybe go after Olivier Vernon, who signed with the Giants. They might try and do something. What do the Cowboys do? Pretty much nothing. We are counting... Excuse me. They are counting on guys like Benson Mayowa. They were counting on a guy like Ryan Russell to take a nice step from his rookie to second year. Ryan Russell's on the practice squad. They do not have a proven pass rusher to open the season. The guy with the most sacks on the Cowboys? Cornerback Orlando Skandrick with nine and a half. I mean, for, forget about a, a guy with a double-digit sack season that has some promise. The Cowboys don't have a guy with double-digit career sacks. And, you know, I'm not, you know, trying to hate-hate, but this is a team in 2014 that had Jeremy Mincy and George Selvey as their stalwarts 
on the defensive end. Those two had good career years. I'm not knocking that. But come postseason, and it was good enough to get them into the second round of the playoffs. But that pass rush could not get a hand on Aaron Rodgers in 2014. A hobbled Aaron Rodgers. And now they're coming back with even more no-names. And, you know, they, they got to hope uh, Jack Crawford, uh, Benson Mayowa, you know, they, they got to hope Tyrone Crawford, who's getting paid like he should be a disruptive force in the middle, along with Terrell McClain, can, you know, get, get some inside push. But this pass rush hasn't flashed. The saving grace could be Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence has looked the part so far, even though he's coming off a back injury or a back surgery earlier this offseason. He does look the part. He could fill the void when he returns in week five. But this pass rush has more questions than answers right now. And in the NFL, and the Cowboys aren't just trying to get to the playoffs. You know, some teams would just be happy to make the playoffs. This Cowboys team is built to contend for a championship. They feel like they have the pieces in place where they can legitimately contend for a championship. Romo and Witten have two, maybe three years of a legitimate window left, if that. I mean, this team needs to win now. And a pass rush with Jack Crawford and Benson Mayoa does not seem like a pass rush that is going to get you to the Super Bowl. They have got to hope Demarcus Lawrence comes out week five on a mission and that Demarcus Lawrence racks up the sacks. Because, like I said, to lead off this point, the number one question, the number one storyline going into training camp was the pass rush. They didn't do much to improve it. And throughout training camp in the preseason, there wasn't much there. I mean, Shaniel Jenkins had two sacks, and they cut him. So that was, you know, kind of the top storyline until Romo goes down, and Kellen Moore went down before him. And then, uh, of course, the quarterback gets pushed push to number one, and rightfully so. You, you can't win in this league without a decent starting quarterback. Just ask, just look at the Cowboys last year. Went 1-11. But you also can't win and make a run without a pass rush. And that's, you know, and everyone within the Cowboys would agree that that was a top concern. Did they do enough to address it? It doesn't seem like it on paper, but who knows? Maybe someone will surprise But anyways, that is going to do it for the first Locked On Cowboys podcast. I hope I didn't stumble around too much. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, we will be doing this every day. I hope to post it early in the morning so you can catch it on your morning drive to work. And feel, please, please reach out to me on Twitter at Drew Davison, D-R-E-W-D-A-V-I-S-O-N, or on my email, ddavison at star-telegram.com. Check out the other Locked On podcasts. They are great. You won't be disappointed. It is a great, great thing to be a part of this podcast network. I hope you tune in tomorrow. In the meantime, take care. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.